0: Welcome to season three of Inside Marketing Design. I am so excited to be back for another season of this show that I love so much. If we haven't met before, I'm Charlie, I'm a creative director in tech, and coming up over the next few months, we'll be taking a look behind the scenes together at the marketing and brand design work happening in 12 different tech companies. And to kick things off, today's episode features presentation software company, Pitch. Pitch aims to help teams collaborate on creating beautiful presentations, and it was started in 2018 by the co-founders of Wonderlist, including my guest today, Jan Martin. That's right, folks. We have a co-founder who was also a brand designer, which is very exciting for me. Wunderlist, or I guess I should be pronouncing it Vonderlist, was the first German startup to raise funding from Sequoia, and it really kicked off the Berlin startup scene. It was acquired by Microsoft in 2015, and Jan and his fellow co-founders then started Pitch a few years later. In this interview, you'll hear him talk about how the importance of brand design that's instilled into the DNA of Pitch really came from learnings that they had at VonderList and how there's a Vondalist connection to Pitch's 3D illustration style too. There is so much great detail in this episode. You're gonna get a lot of value from it. But first, let me tell you about another tool that you can get a lot of value from, Webflow. <laughs> Webflow is back again as the season sponsor of Inside Marketing Design. And it's a tool that allows designers to bring their website designs to life without having to like dive deep into learning how to code. I use Webflow for both my personal website and the Inside Marketing Design site and companies like Zendesk and Discord and Lattice and HelloSign use it for their marketing site to make sure that the site is truly a marketing asset rather than an engineering challenge. Check it out at insidemarketingdesign.com webflow but now let's dive in and take a look Inside Marketing Design at Pitch. Welcome to the show, Jan. I'm excited to have you here because, quite honestly, it's very rare to have a company co-founder who is a brand designer. And it's even more rare for that co-founder to still actually be performing brand design like duties at the company, right? So this is exciting. Tell me more about what you're responsible for at Pitch.
1: Yeah, first of all, hey Charlie, (laughs) good to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. So as you just mentioned, I'm a branding co-founder, you can say. So I care about the entire experience of Pitch. Let's say it like this. And I, to be honest, don't split up into, okay, this is brand design and this is product design. I would actually love to talk about only one thing and simplify this whole thing. Because I think like one experience should nail the entire brand, the entire company, so to say. I mean, if you have one product and one brand, you only need one brand, right? And (laughs) since we only have one product, so there's only pitch out there. If we would still own Wunderlist, of course, then we would have two different products with two different brands. But I think a good experience comes with a super simple experience, something that you can remember, something that literally brands in your brain. And Mm. yeah, this is what I mostly care about. Pitch. So like
0: the experience of using the product itself is part of yes. the brand, right? Like that has exactly. an impact on, on how you perceive the brand. I love that. Yes. What are you working on day-to-day though at Pitch related to brand and marketing design?
1: Yeah. So at the moment, I'm working on a few websites that we are about to push out within the next weeks and month. Then there will be also a complete website overhaul until the end of the year with our website, where we want to also streamline this experience a bit better, a bit more tailored to our needs and to what we want to express with Pitch. And aside, I'm maintaining our design system. So this is for me, the product brand, so to say, and I keep an eye on that we have A bigger vision with our design system. So we just don't want to have it for designers. We also want to have it as a company-wide design system. So not only designers are understanding it, can use it, but the entire company. This is also like one of our philosophies. This is also part of why we came up with the company. If you have siloed information. I think it's not working and it's also not good for a company. And we also saw this with presentations back then, you know, they are saved on your private PC or on your private Mac and no one actually has access to those files except you work with Dropbox. So you add a little bridge to it, but this is what we felt like, hey, everything should be accessible for everyone and then everyone knows what's going on.
0: I love that you, like, not only that's the the point of the product, right, and what you're trying to do for your users, but you're living that inside the company as well. That's great. Exactly, yes. <laughs> So I know when, when we talked earlier, you you told me that um, marketing design, brand design, that was a priority from day one at Pitch. Yeah. And yeah. Um, this was really exciting for me to hear because sometimes you get companies where design in general is a focus from day one, but for marketing design, brand design specifically, to be noted as important, um, again, is rare. So tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, there are like two stories behind it. So the first story that actually starts with Wunderlist. So we make very good experiences if you put Mm. a lot of effort on the product design, but also a lot of effort on the marketing design. So... Mm. This is where we came from and we said we want to bring it with Pitch to the next level, to another level. So this was important to us that, okay, the people behind Wunderlist, they are building something new and it already feels even better than the old one. This was our first approach. The second approach might take a bit longer um, to explain.
0: That's right, we got
1: time. <laughs> we got time. Okay, that's awesome. So between the Wunderlist acquisition and founding Pitch, there was a gap of two years. I wouldn't call it gap like most of us could actually experience like some new adventures and one of this was for me you know as a startup founder you deal with a lot of investors and this was one thing that of course you experience as a startup founder um, throughout your company but you never know you know, the other side. And this is what I wanted to experience. Like as a designer, I don't just want to know like how fast can I use Figma? There are more skills to this. And if you are also willing to found a company, you need more skills than just only like your tool set, right? So that's why I was super interested in how do investors work? Is there also like a opportunity as a designer working as an investor? So if you have a bigger investment company, you know, they have all their calculations, all their little to-do lists, if they check, okay, if the company is doing well or not. And I thought like, okay, do they also put effort into design? Is branding something important to them? Is good design something important to them? So this is what I wanted to know. And with the acquisition of Wunderlist, my life turned upside down, like in in a very positive way, right? So I was a little... (laughs) nerdy startup designer and then with the acquisition everything changed my entire life changed my private life changed everything of course into a good one and i took the chance to also invest into smaller startups to help them out i was very very curious like how do they work because you know i live in my bubble i never wrote an application in my entire life I always work with Christian, pitch CEO. I know him for a very, very long time. This is actually super important as investor because like you can bake the nicest cake, but if you want to put it into the supermarket and it's not packaged right, no one will buy it. (laughs) So this was definitely a good learning. Also where I said, okay, confirmed, this has to be done. And then there was like one day and there was also the I think the initial idea when we came up with pitch is I sat together with Christian, he was going through a lot of pitch decks from early startups, from other companies, myself as well. I also got a few messages with PDFs where people said like, hey, are you interested in investing into my company? And we sat next to each other and we were like, oh my God, all those pitch decks, they look horrible. (laughs) 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 <laughs> like we can up with this <laughs> yes well this this is what we thought like we were like you know they're educated designers behind those pitch decks and it's mm-hmm. unbelievable like how bad they perform like the brand does not look nice the layout is kind of weird you also don't want to read like a book on one slide with like mm-hmm. super tiny text and stuff like this and then we thought like hey Is it the people behind it or is it maybe the tool set behind it that we quickly realized, okay, it's the tool set because even the, the, the bigger players like Google or Microsoft, they didn't touch their presentation tools for a decade at least a Mm. decade every now and then there's a small feature coming in like new templates updated templates or like some functionalities over here and there but it does not feel like you know like a mac os that gets refreshed and improved every year and you also don't feel any updates and feel like ah okay there is actually a team behind it (laughs) yes (laughs) exactly and this is basically why we came up with this idea we said like hey you know We love design, we love product design, we love marketing design, we love software. Why don't we come up with a product that would help people like this to not focus on the design, but rather on the content. And this would take away at least half of the time creating a pitch deck. And I also strongly believe if your design is good, your credibility increases dramatically if you are talking to like serious business guys, right?
0: Yes. Yes. Agreed. So again, this is another situation where you're living what you're saying, right? Like, you know that for companies to get good investment, they need good design. And so your brand is really important to Pitch as well, because you know that that's what's going to help people trust you and get the investment yourself as well. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. Let's talk a little bit about the creative studio team at Pitch. Where does this team fit into the company org structure and who's on it?
1: So the creative studio team wanted to be in the middle between marketing and product, which
0: Mm.
1: totally makes sense in my opinion. Because as I mentioned in the beginning, I think, you know, brand is not just marketing and product, it's one thing. So that's why they positioned in the middle of marketing and product to basically serve the entire company with Branding needs, with illustration needs, with copy needs, mm. with tonality needs, and stuff like this.
0: That's really cool. And what sort of projects yeah. does Creative Studio work on?
1: Um, oh, my God. That's that's actually a lot. Uh, they are like machines. Everything assumed. but the product, yeah. <laughs> everything but the product. No, but they're also in the product. I mean, you okay, know, sometimes well, we have <laughs> little a- everything. I mean, e- even if it's an empty state folder okay. view, if you don't have anything in your folder created yet... We need something nice. We just didn't want like a gray nothing or a gray void showing up. So those are the moments where we say like, hey, there could actually a a nice illustration work in and yeah, then you basically acquire the brand manager at Creative Studio and then everything will be set up for a seamless delivery.
0: (laughs) Nice. So Creative Studio handles the marketing website, marketing materials, illustrations, like any sort of like branded moments in the app as well.
1: This one, templates. We also Mm -hmm. team up with external designers Mm -hmm. and then they also manage the communication, are scouting for new designers. Uh, But of course, we try to produce most of the things in-house. So also templates are created from them, social media posts, everything that you can see on Instagram, which is animated. We also release at least once a month a sticker package um, for our users in the app. So we either created. On our own or we scout someone where we say hey this could be actually a nice new style in the app and then we reach out and most of the time it's working out quite well
0: (laughs) cool so lots of stuff and how would you describe the pitch brand which i know is like it's hard to do but yeah it it is hard to do
1: (laughs) i think it's still not finished which is normal for our brand, <laughs> yeah, I think. Very normal. Yeah. Um, I think branding is a process, not a state. <laughs>
0: I love that. Yep, totally agree.
1: <laughs> so we are still trying to find our super tailored suit, so to say. Right mm-hmm. now, I think mm-hmm. like we have a nice You're suit. You're trying a bunch of things on. Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. That's exactly what we do. And once like we found our style, I think we're going to tailor it like to our body. <laughs> so it um, looks like a perfect fit. But in general, I would say it's playful because I Mm -hmm. think this is important. And this is the hard thing that we have to balance out, you know. On the one hand, we want to be playful. When you create a product, you have a vision. And we envisioned it like, imagine people are coming from, for instance, PowerPoint. Everything is a bit outdated. It's not in the cloud. It's not really collaborative. And the product design could be a bit more joyful. And this is where we started. So we said, like, you're coming from a gray set <laughs> tool and you are now you're using something new, which is a bit brighter, a bit more colorful, a bit more joy. But they're serious because we want you to get your pitch deck done, your sales deck done, or I don't know, presenting the numbers into your company without being too childish in a way. And finding this balance is quite tricky. But it's also super fun and yeah, it's exciting at the same time. <laughs> so maybe you're
0: like wearing the suit jacket. You've got a T-shirt underneath to like turn things yes, down a little exactly. bit exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like,
1: <laughs> I like this metaphor. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, a big part of your brand is obviously the 3D illustrations that you're you yes. know, well known for throughout the design world. Um, yeah. Which I think like fit in well to this, how you're describing of like they're playful, but they've also got like some seriousness to them. And there's a lot of craft there. I'm curious to know how 3D illustrations became part of your brand. Why 3D and how did they become important enough to devote? You said two full-time roles, right? On the team, Yes, yes people creating yeah. 3D <laughs> illustrations. Um, yeah, tell me more about that.
1: It has actually a long history. Um, okay,
0: another long story so, time. So
1: <laughs> another, another long story time. That's actually true. So <laughs> when we found Wunderlist in 2010, it became a thing back then. 3D design. Back then, scoomorphic was the yes. shit, so yes. to say, right?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. And list was definitely like a leader in the scoomorphic space, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Totally. Um, and back then, I freshly came out of university and like a real app icon can design is nothing you learn in university. It's yep. also nothing you learn on YouTube. I mean, nowadays it's easy. There might be definitely some tutorials out there, but back then it wasn't. And Dribbble became a thing mm. around that time. It's also like 12 years ago now that Dribbble exists, that the entire community is there, you know, and Our two 3D illustrators I met Mm -hmm. also 10 years ago. So Arik is one of them. And together with him, we created the first Funnelist icon together, the Mac app icon and the iOS icon, because he knew all the tricks. I knew how it has to look like, and he knew all the tricks that it really like. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I thought about should I learn 3D or not? And I was like, I don't have time for it. So after those two years, when we said like, okay, we want to do something new, um, we need professionals this time. I mean, it has to look nice. I would say we are even the trendsetters of chubby hands. And there are two chubby hands out there on the internet. It's our chubby hands. And there are those chubby hands. And this is exactly what makes the difference because I can lean back towards illustrations. Those are covered. I can focus more on branding. And that's basically it. That's why 3D illustrations are so important to us. Also, we quickly figured out that SAAS businesses, you know, they are super serious. It's all about business. It's all about numbers. And we thought like, it's actually a good idea for our branding, for our marketing to break this pattern and come up with something new and something fresh.
0: Yeah. And 3D was the answer to that then that you decided that this is a point of difference, everyone's doing the flat, like cut out people, ask their illustrations and you're going to go the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Tell me more about how 3D happens at Pitch then. Do you have like a library that you pull from internally when you're making landing pages or how often are you creating brand new ones? Like what's the output look like for 3D?
1: Yeah, it's actually both. So we have a huge library. We also have a few assets that haven't been used yet, but in general, yes. So you have an idea, but mostly it's working better for marketing where they say, Hey, we have a campaign in mind and then everyone sits together thinking, okay, what can we do? How much can we do? How much time will it take? And then basically the production starts and. We also try to recycle things. I mean, you have to be efficient, right? So that's why we have a library. And also like sometimes with some assets, you can basically copy them, just turn them a bit around and hey, <laughs> there's a new asset.
0: <laughs> Where does the library live? In Figma. In Figma. Nice. So yes, it's a, yes. like a sticker sheet almost in Figma that people can pull from exactly, and bring into things Exactly. I yeah.
1: would even love to make a big variant out of it. So Ooh, if you wow. have... Yeah, if you have an illustration, can basically open the drop down, you basically choose which illustration you just want to exchange. That would be my dream, but I think I need a few days for this, which I don't have. (laughs) Yes,
0: yes. Well, we just talked about being efficient, right? And maybe that wouldn't be wouldn't be very efficient in terms of time. Let's switch over to talking now about brand and product and like this interaction between them. Because like you talked about in, in the beginning, your philosophy is that they're not completely separate. They work together, they feed off each other. And in yeah. your role, you're like switching between working on things for marketing, working on things for product design. I'd love yeah. to hear like I don't know if there's any aspects of brand design that you feel you bring into product and, and vice versa, any product design aspects that you bring in when you're working on brand projects.
1: Yes, yes. I think I can easily answer this question. Okay, go for it. <laughs> so when it when it comes from product to branding it's about consistency. I created a presentation a few weeks ago where I actually made a little uh, quiz. So, for instance, I had the, the font of Mercedes-Benz in one sentence, but without the logo. And there was everyone asking, which brand is it? And everyone could immediately tell me it's Mercedes-Benz without colors, without logo, just looking at the font. And this is an important piece of branding, it's the consistency, It's consistency, 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 even if it's boring, even if, you know, you feel like in a golden cage, everything is set up nicely, but like, you can't break through and add a new font here and there, which you shouldn't, exactly. <laughs> you know, if it's, if it's about awareness, you should not confuse or I say <sighs> overwhelm your user or your potential user. So on this side, it's about consistency. It was also me when I was a very young designer that, okay, if I don't like it, I just use something different. (laughs) So this website is not looking good with this font. Hey, just try another font. But then the company, they said like, yeah, but we can't use this font because it's not our font. I was like, yeah, that's... But (laughs) But it looks better. Exactly. So... This is something that you can stop actually with consistency, but, you know, as a designer, you might be frustrated, but at the end of the day, your user will be happy again. <laughs> and on the other hand, so when it comes from brand to product, it's about the right branding. So if you pay for Pitch Pro, you will get a little pro badge with a purple to pinkish gradient. And this is what we also want to highlight within the next month more, so You have the startup product, but also the pro product and the pro product. We want to brand a bit better, highlighting a bit more, and then we are thinking about a new updater. So right now it's, it's blue and it just tells you, okay, please update the app to have the most updated version. And someone was designing it in the pro gradient. I was like, this is not right. It looks nice again, you know, (laughs) but it's not serving what it actually should do. So if this would appear on the starter version of pitch it can be super confusing and it can also take out the value from pro you know like there are people they pay for it and they should also get something extra on it so we should not mix it up and also just not think but it looks nicer it looks a bit more interesting and the cta is a bit more highlighted no 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 like There is pro and there is data. Let's keep them together. So it's also, again, about consistency.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but also interesting there how you're talking about ways that, you know, branding and those extra touches can help with product features, essentially, and help with adoption and and activation and communicate the differences between them as well. I really like that. Exactly. What you're talking about there with the, you know, using the gradient in slightly the wrong way makes me wonder... How you do collaborate with the product design team and what measures you have in place for brand consistency, for like setting up those guidelines. Because obviously you spotted this happening at some point, so I'm sure there's some process here for like checks and balances. Tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, those processes are difficult. There are a few handbooks at Pitch where you can read along, okay, when to use what. Which gradient do I use for pro and stuff like this? But to be honest, they take a long time, especially as a designer, if you are not good with words like me, (laughs) so writing takes forever for me, but I think you should also like keep the, the value in mind. So you sit there for one week, two weeks gathering everything together, like check in with the team if everyone understands it. So. This is also an, experience, right? I think it's a very good experience for someone who joins getting an overview, but I'm sure none of our designers has those handbooks open all the time and it's like checking them. Once a week, once a month, or once a year, they saw it once, it's done. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, okay, how can people adopt this? And I think the better way is actually to talk about it. So we have a design review every Monday for one hour where the entire company is invited. If you want to not know what's going on on the product, no, the no, company. no, not just designers. Okay. Yeah, cool. I think we have just one meeting which is dedicated to the designers. Every other meeting is public so it starts with monday with a design review every designer is representing their teams in which they work in and what they were working the past week or weeks and then is getting feedback from the entire company in the beginning you will be quite nervous and like oh my god i'm new here it's already in a kind of established startup and Uh, What if I say something wrong? What if like no one likes what I did the last week, but that's not what it's about. So everyone is more giving tips or thinking twice, hey, maybe this is not the most effective way yet. And this is actually, I think, how people learn the fastest way. Uh, If there is an interaction, if there is communication and not just, you know, reading something and, okay, I have to remember this. You put it aside and 10 minutes later, hold on, what was it again? Let me pull it out again, yeah. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. That might be not the most effective way for creatives to read and learn. Mm. I think the most effective way for most creatives is live and learn. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. And talk it through and it makes it more of a conversation, right? Instead of, like you said, one person dictating the rules, it's everyone sort of enforcing the rules and deciding what they even are together in the first place.
1: And then uh, we have another like company meeting, but design-oriented on Tuesdays, but mm-hmm. mostly designers are involved. This okay. is where we do the nerd talk, you know, where we say, <laughs> okay, is this shade of gray better or the other shade of gray better? And then you like, spend 20 minutes then...
0: going back and forth.
1: Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> easily. <laughs> Absolutely. And everyone else in the company can also join those discussions, but... Most of them, they don't. (laughs) They joined one and they were
0: like, why are they talking about grey for 20 minutes? Yes. And then they left. (laughs) Yes, so
1: to say. (laughs) There's something about it, yes. (laughs) And then we also have office hours. So if you have a problem, you are facing a problem and you are not feeling ready yet to discuss it with the entire company or with all designers, you can also book something with me Mm. or a few other design leads just to talk about your specific problem to solve it as fast as possible.
0: Oh, that's great. So there's options there depending on, like, um, what level of feedback you're ready for, essentially. Yes. And through all these different touch points is when things like the gradient and the upgrade gets caught. That makes sense? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So that's the collaboration with product design. But um, tell me more about how Creative Studio, specifically that side of design, collaborates with people on, like, the marketing and growth side pitch like how do design requests come in and how do you end up working together with the folks on marketing
1: yeah so if you have an idea if you think okay this could benefit from a new project, we're going to set up a meeting where you talk about your project. But sometimes also this motive or this illustration is already a bit overused. So we Mm. have like a better idea for this and that. And maybe we can also like cut the assets into half. So we can also focus on other projects and everything will be added again in an Asana list. And then Creative Studio, we have at least two meetings in the week where we align or where we sync and say, okay, um, the assets which are requested are done. Now we just need some copy. Then let's say the task goes from illustrator to copywriter. Mm -hmm. And then Creative Studio also meets up then with the entire marketing team in which we say, okay, this is done, this is done, this is a bit delayed, but mostly everything is done. And then it's actually close to being published.
0: Nice. So there's several different points at which you check in with each other and it's not like marketing hands it over and then you never see each other um, through the rest of the process. No. It sounds like there's lots of touch points throughout. Yeah. yeah. The
1: processes that we came up with the product designers is also maybe like, hey, maybe there we can also like cherry pick a few things from here and there, like being early on, on concepts. So this is also something that I think most people learn in agencies it's siloed work again, right? So you think about the campaign and once you come up with an idea, you present it. This is something that we are also want to tweak. So if you're thinking about hmm, I working on a campaign, you pick your illustrators or your copywriters early because they can give you a much, much more efficient input on the things that are requested, that are needed, plus also it makes the life Oh, they'll work easier for the and illustrators or the copywriters, and more fun as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. I know that recently <laughs> you worked on a, a design system for the marketing tech team to create yes. their own landing pages. Was it the marketing tech team just needed all these landing pages, and you were like, okay? We cannot do this individually. Let's make a system (laughs) for it.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. This is something I'm working on right now. So it's Mm -hmm. not live yet, but we are working on it and I kind of split our website into patterns. You know, sometimes you have a big headline like an H1, then you have an H2. Then this H2 sometimes comes with a subheadline and then you have an H3 with some copy, an image on the right side. That the can be the also side. like, yeah, turned. exactly. <laughs> and those are the things that I put into components, mm-hmm. and then combined everything together into variants. Then I kind of recreated our block with the help of Figma, and everything is in Auto Layout, so it basically mirrors or mimics our website. So you can see actually already the result. I'm not a big fan of wireframes, I have to admit. Okay. Um, Ooh, hot take. i (laughs) rather work. It is a hot take. It is a hot take. I think wireframes are good for UX designers, but for UI designers, I think this is something our designers at Pitch had to learn. I basically recreated most elements that we have, like buttons, input fields, table view, or something like this. Also in a very, very minimalistic way that it can basically work as wireframes. So you can Mm -hmm. switch between real design, wireframe design, Mm -hmm. but no one is using it anymore because Ah. as I mentioned, if you are at the design review and you want to proudly present your new stuff in front of the entire company, and if the entire company is looking at lines, everyone's (laughs) like, okay, how does this should work? This makes it very, very difficult. So we basically skip the wireframing part and already have all the designs ready as they look in the app or on the website and this is what we also then did with our content hub so the entire website is rebuilt in Figma mm-hmm. like you know one to one with auto layout, with components and variants. So what they basically just need to do is, okay, I put like, I grab a headline here and I put it on the canvas. I take a small feature with H3 copy and image on the right side. I put it also on the canvas and then it automatically snaps into the auto layout. They can rearrange it easily, but also click on a feature and say like, ah, the image should not be on the right side. I click on the variant the drop down, say, make it on the left side. That's how it's working. And then they can already see like without wireframes, how it would actually look like, let's say with almost real-time components. And what happens then is hopefully something or that that I would love for the future. So we have a storybook for our blog web design, and that then basically works the same. The dev already sees, ah, okay, so that's the layout they choose. So H1, H2, then there comes a feature, then there is a YouTube video, a quote, more copy, social media follow buttons, that's it. Then he also just needs to click them together. I mean, ideally, in an ideal world, you can do this with Figma, but...
0: Maybe sometime in the future. Not yet. Maybe
1: (laughs) sometimes in the future. Have you heard about Specify?
0: No, I haven't. Tell me.
1: Specify is a very nice company, a very good client. Okay. Oh, a little (laughs) bit of free promo hit. (laughs) (laughs) And what they service basically does is, for instance, you have an icon set of 500 icons and you put them into design system on an extra page in Figma and you give all those icons a specific name. Mm -hmm. the shapes they all have to have the same naming and they all have to be not collapsed so it's like one path but at least like everything is kind of merged together into one symbol or shape so to say it has to be written in in a specific way and The variants, like if you have, for instance, different sizes or active states, um, default states, they also have to match the same way every 500 icons. And then with this service, you can actually fork them from Figma into your code library, which is brilliant. I basically have to add, let's say we have a new speaker icon. I add it into Figma, um, I upload it in the Figma library, and then you can immediately call it out in code. Oh wow. If you are working on something. Wow. This is great and this is how how I would love to see the future of uh design Figma and websites and and product is that you basically don't need you know this layer of storybooks anymore. That storybooks actually exists in Figma. So you need less developers in the end and basically designers can already say how the website should look and feel and it's already there you know it's not just a click dummy or a prototype it's like, yeah, you can it's see real it. yeah yeah yes. this would be ideal <laughs> so how is it working
0: right now that the marketing tech team which by the way for everyone listening are not a team of designers right so it's really cool that you have them going into figma and like making their own um, layouts based on you know components you've carefully crafted so yes. they really can't go too wrong with the design yes. which is good um yeah. And then they hand it over to the developer and the developer builds the landing page. Is that the process? Exactly.
1: That's, nice. That is the process. And this is also, again, one of our philosophies. This is how we envision it. Like if you're using Pitch, you don't need to be necessarily de- a designer. Like, Our little tweaks and features and templates, you don't need to care about design and You know, this is the same thing that we want to do as well internally. You don't need to be a designer. But if you have an idea that requires a designer or design work, you can basically do it on your own and then later on check in with a designer for review or for feedback. And that's basically it. No bottleneck. No one is stopping you to do whatever you want.
0: (laughs) And I think more importantly, too, is that you can feel confident as a non-designer that you're going to make the right choices because there's these like guardrails in place where you can't go too far off Um, what were some of the considerations surrounding that for this system you've been building how did you like how do you make it foolproof not saying the team are fools but you know what I mean like how do we make it so that they can't make mistakes
1: (laughs) again it's like branding it's a process (laughs) (laughs) let's say you have a first version and then you let the team test it
0: and you see all the ways they managed to break it and make these weird choices you're like how did you do that
1: (laughs) exactly exactly and then also um, ask proactively for feedback like what was what did you think about this or did you struggle with this or what could be better i think if you are a designer you should not be attached to your projects or Mm. to your product So if you created the first version, it's not the end, right? It's just the the beginning and you are not the user, you are the creator of it. So you are asking the user how to make it better. And this also counts internally, but also externally. We do the same thing with our product design system. We build it actually with two people and we said, or we constantly communicated that it's not our design system, it's the company design system, Hmm. like Our job here is done. Now where we have it, now your job comes into place. Please tell us what's good, what's not good. Mm. And then we improve it constantly. And then we will have, hopefully in the end, the best outcome for everyone.
0: Yeah. So that's the way that you iterate, I guess. This is going to be the next question that I asked is, um, because like you said, you don't (laughs) do wireframes, which to me, I'm like, I love me some wireframes. I love drawing messy rectangles on my iPad. I find them really helpful in the iterating stage to sort of like give me a bit of distance from what exists to try and like think of new ways to approach things or improve on them. And it sounds like conversations are a really key part of that for you at Pitch in iterating. Yes. It's like talking about how it's working right now and where we want to get it to go in the future. Yep. Tell me more about how you iterate on design system components in a way either for the landing pages that the marketing tech team are using, perhaps? Like, what was your design process behind fixing some of those things that you noticed after V1?
1: So we have two touch points, so to say, with the design system. There is a Slack channel. And if you notice anything, you basically drop a line there. And I think it takes up to one hour until it's fixed or added or restructured. This is one way. And the other way is we have design system office hour every Friday at 10. Everyone again can join. It's not just for designers. Everyone can join. It can ask questions, can make suggestions, or can talk about super nerdy stuff. Where really no one wants to listen or zoning the out. twenty minutes immediately. of
0: gray. Yep, yep. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like the twenty minutes of gray. But yes, <laughs> me too, yeah, me too. exactly. <laughs> this is where it happens, and we are also planning a little workshop. I think sometimes. You know, refreshing some things is actually also super helpful, especially if you have new designers on board, just making a basic workshop on the current project you're working on. Let's just use components that are coming from the design system. Let's try to create one project without detaching uh, and stuff like this. And also like refreshing all the basics, my vision for our design system is actually that I can like go away from the design system, that it's actually managed by everyone and not just by one person. And then I think we can, you know, we are closing the circle again with siloed information. So right now, if there is a dedicated person behind the design system, knowledge, skill set is siloed, but if everyone is able to maintain the design system, add on, improve restructure the design system, but on a shared vision. And this is why communication and meetups and all those little meetings are so important to it. If everyone is aligned and if everyone knows how to actually maintain or work with the components, then it does not require a team anymore. I mean, you don't need a dedicated designer for it. I interviewed so many people during my career and I always asking like, How do you work with a design system? Like sometimes they never heard about the design system, but sometimes I also hear from people from bigger startups where they say, well, we have five active designers and two active developers only dedicated for our design system. I was like, oh my God. I mean, on on the one hand, wow, that's the spirit. Actually, you know, this is my shared vision as well. But then on the other hand, I feel like maybe it's also way too much to have a full team on it. It blows up the company, blows up the costs and stuff like this. And I think there is a more engaging way than having a dedicated team behind because what also happens is if you get something served on the silver plate, you don't care where it's coming from. You know, you just want to consume it. But yep. all the work that is actually behind, no one noticed, right?
0: Yeah, well, what you're talking about getting to a pitch almost sounds like the design system is going to be self-governing, right? Where yeah. everyone is in charge of the design system. And if someone is discovering a component needs updating, they can take ownership exactly. and update it themselves. If someone's exactly. detaching way too much, they're like, hello, maybe this is time for a new component because I keep doing exactly. this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. And, and I agree. I think it's good to keep designers close to the formation of these building blocks that we're putting our designs together with. I think that's where the role of us as designers will play in the future. Because Absolutely. Like you said, you don't have to be a designer to like use a design system and put things in place from one. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay, let's talk a little bit about challenges that you're currently facing at Pitch. As a team, as an individual, what's next for you? What are you solving?
1: As a individual, I think I'm facing what every designer will face, might face, is how do I get the right balance of being hands-on or being hands-off? Like the ultimate goal of a designer should be in the end a manager or a VP design or whatever. Whatever makes you happy should make you happy and Mm. you should also stick to it, like if you are saying, I don't want to manage people, I can't even manage myself, that's totally fine. <laughs> as long as your output is great and you are dedicated and, and you know, you, you feel the learning. passion. Yeah. Exactly. That's all totally fine. Mm-hmm. But… You know, sometimes there's unfortunately no way around. I still struggle with, you know, taking over bigger, larger teams because like I have to deal with ADD. So managing myself is already a bigger hassle. And if I imagine I should maybe organize the work life of 20 people, that already overwhelms me just by saying.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Uh, sweat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, this is something that I struggle with totally. But with ADD comes weakness, but with ADD also comes superpowers and my superpowers are still hands-on work so I can focus for I don't know 14 hours if I have the right setup only on one thing you know and sometimes I forget to eat oh dear (laughs) forget my dog (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure the dog Um, makes himself known (laughs) yes yeah yeah he does (laughs) But um, sometimes you realize, hold on, if I dedicate my work more to like a bigger goal, a bigger vision, then my hands-on work will be much more relaxed on the other side. And yeah, this is where I see challenges. And I think as a co-founder or an essential part of the company from the beginning, what you would learn quickly and also what I learned about Wunderlist, it's not about me. It's not about the CEO, it's not about friends, it's not about the employees. In the end, it's all about the company. Mm. The company is the thing you are serving to, right? And if the company is stable and if the company is healthy, everyone else will be healthy and stable. So my challenge will be actually more like, should I care about myself, enjoy my hands on work, or should I care about the company and be more hands off? But serving the company much more better so this is my challenge this is my struggle you know i, I really want to bring to the company everything that i have but as i said managing not my thing that's
0: <laughs> so there, there yeah.
1: that's a spot i want to find so this is one challenge yeah and as an entrepreneur the challenge at the moment ahead you can see it. a lot of startups are already struggling with the inflation that we have, with hmm. all the crises that are going on. I think we had our peak of being a designer in a fun environment and in super funny startups, whatever, that peak is unfortunately over hmm. since this year. So now it's getting a bit more serious. And this is like where my entrepreneur head is like going through, which company will make it in the end. Yep. Is your business idea a good one or not? Yep. What other crises will be there? Those are my private challenges at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people will be able to relate to that. And sometimes it can feel, when we look at the work we do in the grand scheme of the world, we should be yeah. like, well, here I am moving a rectangle around in Figma. But yes. I actually think it is what you said before about it's not about you or like the individual, it's about how it comes together as a company and yep. what the company is serving. And hopefully pitch can be the reason that the current good ideas get funded and like get to continue through the recession, right? If they if they tell their stories well.
1: Yeah, that was our hope when we found it, yeah. Yeah, I love
0: that. (laughs) And now let's end on a positive note since we just went (laughs) went into the crises that we're currently facing. But since you were part of Founding Pitch, what brand design on the brand and marketing side in particular, what project or impact are you most proud of having worked on or having had a hand in?
1: I'm proud of everything, you know. I'm proud of the product. Mostly I'm proud of The entire team. Hmm. It's like a month ago we chartered an entire plane Mm. and we flew everyone to Lisbon. Had a great time there and that was like one of the moments where I said like oh my god, like I'm I'm so proud of this team. I'm so happy with everyone. (laughs) It just feels like a big family, but if we talk about like projects or little features that are in the app or on the website, I have to admit it's the logo. (laughs) Okay,
0: great. (laughs)
1: i mean there are like much more difficult things i was working on during the time but you know we couldn't find a logo for such a long time i mean we were in stealth mode for i think for two years Mm -hmm. we had a nice little like pop-up website with just a logo on it and we couldn't find a logo that solved all the criterias that Mm. we have we were working with Really, really well known agencies out there, and we are I guess very difficult client because the things that we request if we work with an agency are even higher than if we would do it on our own, but nothing that was presented to us fit to our mm. like okay, that's not our values, nothing. There was literally nothing where we said like, "Wow, this is a killer logo, oh my God, this is us." Yeah, this is us. And then at the end, I was like, okay, I'm doing it on my own. Mm-hmm. And I think it took me then one week to just come up with something. Like I stumbled upon it. I showed it to the team, showed it to Christian and Christian was like, oh my God, this looks amazing. Let's use this. And then I said, it definitely looks nice, but there will be designers who will tell you, like, technically it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but if designers are asking you, This specific question, here is the answer to this. So it's not a font. It's also not a word mark. It's actually a logo. So how I created the logo is I only used two shapes, a rectangle and an oval. And out of those two shapes, I created the entire logo. And what I want to express with it is the simplicity of pitch. I think like just the fact that we talk with so many agencies, Spend so much money. <laughs> and then at the end, the co-founder makes it. This actually is something that would make me the most proud of, actually.
0: Yeah. You knew the company best, right? And you knew what you needed, even if it was hard to express yes. to the agencies yes. what needed to happen. And you know what? It wasn't a waste. Because you were figuring out all the logos that weren't right for you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's actually true. (laughs) That's actually true. I like (laughs) that. Yeah. Just doing
0: doing a bit of reframing. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us, Jan. This was great. It's so awesome to hear not only about the current processes of Pitch, but how you founded the company and like, you know, all of the past that led to Pitch being what it is today. So thanks for sharing
1: you're very welcome and thank you too (laughs) it was great to be here
0: i hope you enjoyed this first episode of the season jan told me after we finished recording that he really hopes to inspire other designers to found companies that is just so cool and that happens so if you've been sitting there an idea in mind for a company you want to start, this is your sign. I'll leave links for you to check out Pitch and also to follow Yarn in the show notes, so check that out. But I really enjoyed in this episode learning about the way the marketing tech team at Pitch can essentially design their own landing pages from the building blocks that Yarn put in place with the design system. It got me thinking about how with design software becoming easier and easier to operate for non-designers, our role in the process as designers is really about creating the systems that can lead to the non-designers making the best design decisions for their content. I'm always really interested to hear your takeaways from an episode, though, so please feel free to tag me in a tweet or an Instagram story with your thoughts. I am at charliefrangly on both platforms. And a huge thank you once again to Webflow for sponsoring this season of the show and enabling me to bring these interviews to you. Check them out at insidemarketingdesign.com webflow. Thanks again to Jan and Pitch for sharing all of these great insights and I hope to see you back here for the rest of the season. You will find all the episodes in both video and audio form at insidemarketingdesign.com and I will be here weekly in your podcast feeds and in your YouTube subscription box for the next few months. So I'll see you next time.